Welcome to Healthcare and Hire, a podcast for healthcare professionals and aspiring healthcare executives looking for information, association, and inspiration from higher-level leaders across the healthcare industry. I'm Iqbal Acha, career consultant, healthcare recruiter, and registered pharmacist. Every week, I sit down to interview healthcare executives, clinical leaders, medical entrepreneurs, and industry experts to learn how they got to where they are today, what they see as the future of healthcare, and what they're doing to make healthcare more accessible, affordable, and effective. Let's find out more about today's guest. Ibrahim Abu Arkoub is the Vice President of Retail Pharmacy Operations at Advocate Aurora Health. He oversees 70 retail pharmacies and remote dispensing centers while managing the organization's prior authorization team. In addition, he is also responsible for their mail order operations, specialty pharmacy program, and compounding pharmacy division. Ibrahim has served in various leadership roles since he began at Advocate Aurora Health in 2014. Prior to becoming Vice President, he served as a Manager of Telepharmacy for three years and went on to become the Director of Specialty Pharmacy Operations in 2017. Ibrahim holds a pharmacy degree from Jordan University of Science and Technology and an MBA in Healthcare Management from the West Texas A&M University. He is also a board-certified ambulatory care pharmacist. Hello and salam alaikum, Ibrahim. Welcome to the Healthcare and Higher podcast. Wa alaikum salam. How are you, Iqbal? Nice to see you. Uh, it's great to see you too. By God's grace, I'm doing fantastic. And I'm even more fantastic now that you are on my show. I've been waiting to get you on this show and you finally said yes. I'm honored to be in your show. I've been watching your previous uh, episodes in the podcast and what you're doing, Iqbal, is really a phenomenal job in helping and supporting uh, the best understanding of healthcare. Brother, thank you so much. And you know, it's a labor of love, but it means so much to continue to do that. And as long as people gain value from what we provide on this show, uh, it just makes me happy to do that. Now, Ibrahim, I know that there's going to be some people that know you, some people that know me, maybe even a few people that uh, we've had some mutual dealings with in our previous lives uh, that know us both and some that don't know us at all. So why don't we take this opportunity and have you formally introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what your role is, and how do you help take healthcare to a higher level? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Iqbal, for this opportunity again. Uh, my name is Ibrahim Abu-Arqoub. I'm the Vice President of Advocate Aurora Health. I'm a pharmacist. Uh, I've been a pharmacist for uh, about 20-some uh, years now. It's hard to believe how days fly by. Uh, my wife is also a pharmacist. Many of my friends and associates are, are pharmacists. So this has been the career I loved and liked from day one, and I associated myself all through the years to, to serve and help as a, as a clinician, as a pharmacist. Uh, I'm an immigrant also. I immigrated to the United States from, uh, from Jordan in 2005. I started my career 
at Walmart. I work in different, different roles over there as a pharmacist and a pharmacy manager. In 2014, I had the opportunity to join Aurora at the time. It wasn't Advocate Aurora yet. Uh, as a manager of telepharmacy. And to be completely honest with you, Iqbal, when I was offered that job at the beginning, I, I didn't even know that telepharmacy was a legal thing in the state of Wisconsin. I'm a pharmacist who's used to be behind the counter, hold the medication and be in control. That's what we are trained and uh, do very well as pharmacists. We make sure that the quality of the work we control in all aspects. And uh, the idea of telepharmacy was um, strange for me. Uh, but it's important for anyone who wants to advance their career to get outside of their comfort zone. That's critical element for the success, in my opinion, for any person who wants to advance. I took that job in 2014. Uh, Aurora at the time and still is the biggest operator of remote dispensing centers, telepharmacies in the state of Wisconsin. We have 20 of those. I did that for about... Uh, three and a half years. Uh, in mid-2017, and a few months after the merger that we had between Aurora and Advocate, I was offered the job of the Director of Specialty and Mail Order Pharmacy Operation. I'm lucky to be in an organization that realized the value of ambulatory and retail pharmacy operation that they invested a lot in the growth and development of those uh, operations within, within the system. So I took the responsibility of a duly credited specialty pharmacy operation, uh, a very high-tech uh, mail-order pharmacy, which uh, helped us serve many, many thousands of patients. And I did that also for about three years. In 2000, uh, November 2020, I had an opportunity to, uh, to, to take the position and serve as the vice president of Aurora Retail Pharmacy. So currently under my leadership, I have uh, 50 retail pharmacies. I have 20 uh, remote dispensing centers, telepharmacies. I also have our mail order specialty pharmacy and compounding pharmacy. Uh, I also oversee the electronic prior authorization team, which helps our providers uh, take over of any prior authorization needs that they might have and take the board burden off their sh uh, shoulders. Uh, and we have some ambulatory pharmacists embedded in some of our critical pharmacy. I am very proud of the work we do, we do here in Advocate Aurora Pharmacy to help our patients and improve the outcomes of the care that we provide to our patients through our uh, organization. I mean, that's a remarkable journey in and of itself, Ibrahim. But to know that you are at this level where you have so many different arms of an and it's not even just outpatient pharmacy. You have so many different aspects of pharmacy uh, that fall under your purview. Your team must be you know, extremely intelligent uh, and diligent in the way that they deliver the care. But you also have to be an effective leader and have insights and oversight over all of that. So I can only imagine what your day-to-day -day life looks like from an operational perspective, from a management perspective, from a financial, you know, budgetary responsibility. You have a lot that's going on. Uh, and for, you know, for the listeners that are listening today, you know, I myself am from Illinois, you're also from Wisconsin, you know, many of us are familiar with the Advocate Aurora Health brand. Uh, and, you know, having seen the growth, I mean, I've actually, my father was a physician uh, at several of the hospitals uh, that belong to your parent group, uh, Advocate Aurora Health, uh, particularly Illinois Masonic, and then also, if I'm not mistaken, Lutheran General. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, 
personal touch uh, with your organization. But, you know, I also know that at the time of this recording, uh, there's been an announcement that's been made that there's a cooperation or a partnership that's in the that's in the process of being formalized uh, between Advocate Aurora Health uh, and Atrium Health, which is also a very large health system uh, based in the east and south. So, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they have a footprint in four states, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, and Georgia. And the combination of these two is going to actually pivot and help Advocate Aurora Health uh, and this Atrium Health uh, conglomerate or you know merger actually become the fifth largest nonprofit health system in the country. Uh, and the, the sheer size and scope of what you know your organization is already doing coupled with this is actually poising you and your team to be able to have a greater impact. So, you know, when I hear you talk about what you already are responsible for, uh, and I imagine what this might look like year, two, five years down the road, uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of potential. So, Ibrahim, does this, you know, I'm sure it excites you, uh, but I'm sure parts of it also keep you up as well, right? So how are you as it relates to, you know, the, these these types of news more importantly, from an outpatient pharmacy, right? Because you you mentioned several different aspects. You have sixty five. You have fifty outpatient pharmacies, right? Twenty health uh, telehealth centers or telepharmacies, a specialty division. You know, how do you manage to keep abreast of all of the changes that take place in these different aspects of pharmacy, and and how do you provide guidance and best practices to help elevate your organizational's deliverance on them? Well, Iqbal, you bring many good points here and many concerns and things that any leader, any successful leader need to take uh, in mind. We, not always we can control the circumstances and the decisions that made uh, for us and around us that will affect our job responsibility. Uh, honestly, most of the time we don't. How we handle that, how we feel about that, that's in our control. For any leader to be successful, change is basic fundamental expectation should be in their mind for, for whatever operation they are leading. Uh, for me, the merger is a great news. It will come with significant work and uh, challenges 100%. Uh, if you don't mind, I will reflect back on our merger with, uh, with Advocate in 2017. We merged in April 2017. In July 2017, I was in Masonic in person with my team, work on integrating our specialty pharmacy into the operations uh, over there. They have big oncology and other service, uh, specialty service lines over there. I was proud that my department was one of the first that crossed actually the border to, to start working on synergies, uh, apply efficiencies, and make sure that we have uh, new opportunities to, to help our uh, patients. We were extremely successful with that. Did it come easy? No, it did not. Well, it's stupid of me or anyone to think that such big achievement will come easy. It's not smart to think that uh, we'll not do mistakes and do things not the, the right way we want, but we learn, we improve, and we continue from there. Well, my second clinic and third clinic and fourth, well, then it became uh, very easy. Another thing that I, I don't want to forget to talk about, which you hinted on uh, in the beginning, the team that I work with, I have to say that I feel blessed and extremely lucky to have the talent that works with me in all different levels of uh, my leadership structure. If it wasn't for them, 
I, I wouldn't be able even come close to the achievement and uh, the work that we do to serve our patient and or our organization. We, we have about 600 team members. We serve hundreds of thousands of patients. We fill millions of prescriptions. Well, if not, and I keep telling my, when, I, when I'm the front and the stores and I meet, I meet my technicians and my pharmacists, I tell them, if you don't take care of your patients, just customer complaints will consume my whole time. Just, that, that, it's as simple as that. Because they will call, they complain, and will chain up till they reach out to me. But they, one of our main principles that we try to build within my team, the culture that we are trying to build is think like a customer, act like an owner. That significantly help us to put ourselves in the shoes of our patient that we are serving. If it was you, your father, your, your, your loved one, on the other side of the counter, what would you do to take care of that person? Wouldn't you uh, use the phone to, to make that extra effort or speak to someone or send a message on their behalf to take care of their needs or not? And when you think as, as an owner also, and you act as an owner, you make sure to maintain the sustainability of your business because it's still a business that we need to make sure it's successful. I'm very excited about the Atrium merger. That will take our organization from 28 hospital or, uh, organization to almost 60. That, as you said, will make us maybe the fifth biggest uh, system within the whole country. Uh, that will make us uh, faster, more efficient, and successful in tackling many of the big problems that are facing healthcare in America in the SDs. This is, is exciting. And I think, again, will come with challenges, but we did it before. I have full, complete confidence that we can do it successfully again. Ibrahim, what I really love about how you approach the, the, the perspective of this is the fact that you recognize that, you know, you, you, you stressed it twice in this conversation, just in this piece alone, and that is, it's not easy. The idea to believe that the merger or even just a simple transition, because uh, we, you know, we see so many different bits of news every day. Like there's something that says, oh, some uh, Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter, right? You know, we see things like this all the time. And it's a natural assumption that, oh, day one, when Elon Musk buys Twitter, the whole world is going to change. Uh, and Twitter is going to be better. And in reality, the lift is just beginning. The granularity of effort and exertion that's going to be required of every team member uh, and the frustration that will be felt is, is going to be there. But the commitment uh, that is required is really where I think that you and your team uh, are going to be able to shine and deliver on because, you know, acquisitions and mergers of any kind uh, are, you know, great, but integration uh, and systems is, is a whole separate story. So I'm glad that you called that out, Ibrahim, and I'm glad that you have the fortitude uh, and the vision to be able to approach this, and especially based on past experiences, as you mentioned, uh, the merger between Advocate uh, and Aurora Health. So let me ask you this, you know, in the time that you've been enrolled and the things that you have seen, even a over the course of, you know, what your team has been responsible for, would you point to that as one of the greatest achievements of your team? Or is there something else that you think about, maybe even in the last 12 or 18 months that you say, you know, Iqbal, let me tell you that when my team is committed to something, they deliver. And here is an example of what they focused on uh, as a problem that was facing us as an organization and how we approached it. Well, 2000, year 2020 was a very unique uh, year, unprecedented uh, year that uh, affected health, every worker in, in the country, but healthcare, as you know, Iqbal was affected in a significant, unprecedented uh, way. 
I'm a full believer that any element that we can plan for and prepare for, we should be prepared for. We should take it off the table if we can. But what happened in 2020 was obviously nobody anticipated that. We started the year with a huge project for our mail order and specialty pharmacy, which is the harmonization of benefit between Advocate and Aurora. At that time, uh, we, we were advocates still had their own benefit plan. Uh, Aurora side still had their benefit plan. We were successful during the previous two years to establishing ourselves as a reliable mail order and specialty pharmacy for our patients. So the organization decided that we will go with harmonization benefit. We will use our, uh, the advocate or mail order and specialty pharmacy as the exclusive pharmacies for the benefit plan. We are talking about more than 100,000 patients that we need to onboard uh, right away. We did that very successfully. And I thought that uh, through January, February, March, that we were lucky, we got, we got everything in control and all of a sudden COVID hit. It was the busiest three months in our lives before COVID. But when COVID hits, we start getting applications for our mail order service in a day more than what we used to get in a month. It was a significant, huge, sharp, unexpected increase of our uh, volumes and uh, requests for services through our mail order and specialty pharmacy. And I told my team again and again, I can be the biggest, smartest, most uh, uh, diverse leader, but if it wasn't for the team that are actually able on the ground to deliver and go above and beyond as caregivers, uh, it's impossible for any leader to be successful. And again, I'm, I, I was very lucky. I was very blessed to have that great team. They worked really hard to, to, to be able to maintain those services. And we were, and I keep reminding them, in that large factory-like environment, it's easy to forget that each bottle is a patient, is someone that depends on us for their health or the, someone they love health. And that we need to take into consideration we are healthcare workers. We're not a, a factory worker. The work that we do is not only about number. It's about really taking care of our patients. Our culture is to cause no harm, zero harm. That's our goal within Advocate Aurora Health. And we do everything in our hand to make sure that uh, we fulfill that promise to our patients. Another thing that is extremely important for us in Advocate Aurora Health in general and in Advocate Aurora Pharmacy is the continuum of care. We are part of the integrated uh, healthcare system, which is a great, I worked for other retail pharmacies before. You work in the dark. You don't know what happens in the uh, scenes, what interactions, what work, what diagnoses. But when you work within an integrated healthcare system, well, that's unbelievable advantage for that pharmacist to be able to give a significant service to their patient. And we are, again, lucky enough to be in an organization where that is the priority. It's not the numbers. Again, it's important. We have to be successful. We need to think as an owner, but we are an organization where helping people live well and take care of patient is your real priority. So we work in a significant way that we are integrated in the medical within the healthcare system that we use, which is ABIC, ABIC ambulatory system. Uh, we have complete 
access to, to the medical record. Our provider also have the complete access to the pharmacy records. We are able to serve our patients. We work in a significant way in helping reducing readmission rates with a very successful programs, things like meds to beds, we call it, which is bedside delivery. Our average is almost at about 60% within such a huge organization like Advocate Aurora. That's something I'm very proud of, Iqbal. Uh, we do a lot, but it's again back to our team members in our pharmacies who are doing the work and making sure that we provide the, the, the world-class service to our patients. It's remarkable to hear you describe it, but you know, I, I love how the mentality of your organization is you know, both taking ownership, being an owner, uh, but also maintaining its focus on the customer or the patient. Uh, and this is like a, I don't want to call it like the two, yeah, I'll call it two sides of the coin, right? Because it's the same coin, uh, but in order to be able to deliver the kind of quality that the expectations are being set and the standards that are being set, you need to have both. And I really appreciate hearing that in terms of how your team was adaptive uh, and was able to work with, you know, an unforeseen you know, once in a century, hopefully never again, but, you know, <laughs> once in a century event uh, that really has continued to disrupt, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the healthcare industry as it is. You know, Ibrahim, because you sit at a very unique seat, uh, you know, within the healthcare realm, right, you get to see a variety of different uh, innovative ideas, you know, other companies that are doing, you know, new things that are unique, but also very effective. Uh, and we also see how everyone is struggling in certain ways, right? Coming from a, a recruitment talent acquisition function myself for over 15 years uh, and a variety of other, you know, various aspects of healthcare, like the whole world is very different today. And you see things from a different perspective. But I ask you this, you know, when you see how, you know, competitors and other companies that are working in the same space, particularly from a, an outpatient perspective, you know, having adapted and adopted new ways of working to be able to provide better service uh, for patients that are coming through your, your pharmacies. How do you envision what 2027 might look like? And, and what are some steps that you see, uh, you know, outpatient pharmacies, uh, you know, specialty services, uh, telepharmacies, like all of these things are moving and adapt, changing at such a rapid rate. But, you know, at some point there has to be this, um, What's the right word? I don't want to say like a continuum, right? But there's at some point where there's going to just have to be some merging uh, and some streamlining of services or streamlining of protocols that allow for best practices to really germinate. And I'd love to understand like, you know, in the conversations that you have had or the things that you see, like how do you envision companies changing to be ready for what 2027 might bring for us? Great question, Iqbal. And uh, the way I think about this and I uh, bring within the organization is uh, if we don't change and if we stay the way we are, uh, we'll definitely uh, fall behind and we'll lose any advantages we have. The problem that we face sometimes within some mentalities is good is the enemy of great. We are doing good. We don't have to worry about the next level. Well, that's not an option. And uh, I'm sure you, Iqbal, and the listeners can think of many examples that successful brands and organizations fail just because of that. But there are fundamental changes to the business that we need to take in consideration. And then there, there are some cutting edge 
changes that you need to adapt to to be able to continue to be successful. So in my opinion, the, the five years coming ahead of us, patients will continue to be more cost and value focused. It's important for them. Well, uh, and the cost is important and the value is also important. And that's why in Advocate Aurora Health and Advocate Aurora Pharmacy, I want my pharmacists to be clinicians behind their counters. They're not fancy cashiers. They're not uh, dispensing machines because there are dispensing machines that can do that specific function much more efficiently maybe than uh, a human being, a pharmacist. Our pharmacists are uh, enabled, giving the resources that they need to be able to work as clinicians and show the value for our patients, our providers, and everyone that interact with them. So we'll need to stay focused on that. I might not be able to compete in a significant way uh, around the cost with other retailers. Well, though I honestly think Iqbal, that we do a really good job, even in that field, maybe we don't uh, sell our services to the level that should be known by our patients, but I, I strongly think that we, we do a good job even in that. But we need to focus on the value we bring as a part of a healthcare system that by working with an integrated healthcare system, there are many advantages to you in regard to clinical outcomes and even to the cost of the medications that you take. Uh, technology enable and digital connectivity with patient is a must now. Uh, and what, we, what, what COVID did, and I am extremely sorry for the loss of life that we have all over the world, but it forced us to accelerate processes and workflows that if you ask someone before COVID, they would say to you that will take us 10, day, 10 years to get uh, there. Well, COVID forced us uh, to go there very fast. I was involved before COVID with many projects within the organization about uh, 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 digital healthcare and uh, virtual visits and all that, and was taking a significant time with COVID. Honestly, we were forced uh, to, to, to go ahead with that. Uh, as fast as possible. Uh, Advocate Aurora is, try, is, try, is trying to stay ahead of those changes. Uh, ZLF is a platform that enables physicians and care team to easily order and monitor digital tool. Advocate Aurora invested significant money in that platform, and they are trying to stay ahead of those uh, uh, digitally enabled and connectivity with, with, for our patients. Uh, advances in healthcare monitoring, the, the watch, the machine, the phone. Uh, and again, Advocate Aurora just invested in a, in a company called Mobile Health. That's a leading provider for remote patient monitoring and personal emergency response capabilities. It's a significant thing that we're trying to stay ahead of the curve. And uh, I can think of many other examples that uh, we're trying to, to continue our growth uh, as an organization to meet our patients when they need it, where they need it, how they need it. And, you know, I think it's brilliant because of the fact that we recognize that the, and I hate to call them younger generation because that makes me just automatically feel old. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, Patients my children's age, who are now in nearing 30 or at 30, right? They are born and raised with this technology component. It's embedded in their lifestyle. It's how they operate. And the ability to have access to their patient information, their, their labs, uh, their health conditions, all these parameters, it's not a nice to have. It's a must have. And so, you know, to hear how Advocate Aurora Health and your team is, you know, seeing that as, you know, a standard 
offering, a standard product that is part and parcel of the system will actually you know, generate uh, and increase enhanced loyalty as well, which I think is really important. You know, Ibrahim, one of the things that I always try to ask my, my guests when they're on the show is, you know, when they have so many competing, you know, competing factors, like you have a team to lead, you have initiatives to, to drive, uh, you have conversations to have with a variety of different departments across the, the organization. Um, and then, of course, you know, you're, you're, you're speaking to patients, you're working with technology, you have so many things. What, how do you define what is your North Star? Like, what is it that you do to help you stay on track and maintain as that, fo that focus or priority number one for you on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? That's a really good question, Iqbal. And to me, what keep me going, honestly, it's the strong commitment that come from me that I am a clinician, I'm a pharmacist, even unfortunately it's been so many years uh, since I dispense prescriptions or been behind the counter and interact with the patient. But I strongly think that every decision I make and my team makes is related to patient care. I feel blessed that I am within an organization that that culture is important and well supported. I never went to my organization with an ask that is related to taking care of my patient and found any resistance within the organization. To me, that it's my, I, I go to sleep at night knowing that I did everything I can to take care of my patients. That's the essence of why uh, where I am today. If it wasn't for that, I, I honestly, I, I, I will feel that I don't have the, the gas that will keep me going, doing what we're doing. It's very dry, Iqbal. If you don't have that uh, motivation, you don't have that uh, higher uh, goal that you're trying to achieve doing this, it is a very dry uh, job, a lot of responsibilities, but I keep reminding myself that we are a patient-centric operation. We are healthcare, we take care of our patients. They might not know me, they might never meet me, but I know that the decisions we're making are hopefully helping people live well. It's critically important for us that we also keep in mind that zero harm is important. We are the people who were trusted by our patients uh, clinical and, uh, needs. So we need to keep that in mind within our organization. We implement many high reliability tools and tactics, and we make sure that as we are not perfect, just like everyone else, that we make sure that we learn from our mistake, we improve, and we do everything we can do to avoid uh, causing any harm for our patients. We'll be right back after this short break. I want to bring up a, a different kind of topic because I think that you are a great thought leader in this space. You know, one of the reasons why I started this podcast was because not only did I want to highlight and showcase healthcare professionals who have taken their healthcare degree and leveraged it to advance their career and become executives, but more importantly, I also wanted to be able to share a broad spectrum of people from around, you know, from around the world with different cultures, different backgrounds. Uh, and really help them tell their story about how, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like you're an immigrant, you've seen different things from different perspectives that most people have not. And I think that that's one of the beauties of the world that we live in today is because we have exposure to different people that have a different 
thought process, a different background, a different, you know, experiences um, to bring that to the table. And as a leader, you're probably looking at, you know, your team and uh, appreciating the diversity that exists because without their varied thoughts, varied inputs, you know, it's difficult to be able to provide a, a whole spectrum of services with the quality because it impacts different. But how do you ensure that, you know, when you think about like, especially where we are today, like how does diversity and inclusion factor in for you and Advocate Aurora Health when it comes to being able to find the best talent that you have that's out there? And then, you know, bringing that into the way that your practices are and how your pharmacy team operates at it the way that it does. Another great question, Iqbal. Uh, well, diversity and inclusion is not just the right thing to do. I think it's a, the, the right business decision to make, uh, even from a business perspective. It's a global right that we should provide to every patient, every uh, employee that we have within our organization. But it's also the right thing to do. If we want to, to grow and improve and enhance uh, the outcomes of any operations, you need to tend for the people that you are serving. You need to represent them in a way that makes sense and they can feel and hear uh, that they are represented within that organizations uh, and that the culture within that organization support and enhance uh, the outcomes that they are trying to achieve coming from different uh, background. Be, being an inclusive organization like Advocate Aurora is extremely important because uh, with, with, the, with the current, for example, uh, employee challenges that we have, being an inclusive organization will help us keep the best and uh, brightest talents within the organization, uh, make sure that uh, we, the mixing part within our work is include all different uh, aspects of when we think about uh, any decision and we take different perspective around that. Uh, unconscious bias is a significant problem that many people uh, face today. It's important for us to, to be able to, to review this in a methodical way, study it and try to overcome it in a significant way. People are nice and I think they are in general genuine about the, the desire to take care of others, but we need to overcome unconscious bias. One of the things that I believe that Advocate Aurora did very well is the, the differentiation between equity and equality. Well, equality is a basic fundamental human right. I, I think and I believe any decent human being will, will agree with me there. But it doesn't always help. Your needs, Iqbal, might be different from my needs. If I give you exactly what I take from my organization might not help you the same way that it would help me. So equity means that you give me the resources that I need as individual to succeed within my role or whatever future role that you're preparing me for. Not just give me, well, I give you the word, some organization that just open a diverse slate for interview. I give you an opportunity to interview. Well, if I don't put the effort to prepare you for that in the interview, to prepare you for that job, well, uh, guess what? You will not get that job because we definitely will get more qualified people. It's important for us within Advocate Aurora to make sure that we provide those opportunities for our team members to actually enhance their capabilities, work on their strengths and weaknesses, to be ready for future jobs and the responsibility that they are trying to achieve. As I said in the beginning, uh, Iqbal, uh, 
I am an immigrant. I came to the state uh, about 17 years ago. Uh, I faced many challenges all through that. I was lucky to have people to support me and help me and provide an inclusive environment for me that helped me grow and uh, uh, get where I am right now. So it is the right thing. It is the thing that I believe that uh, the organization will continue to focus on. And we, we mean it. This is the culture we're trying to create here for our team members and our patients. It is heartwarming to hear that, Ibrahim, and I appreciate you sharing a little bit about your personal journey. Let's talk about that a little bit. You mentioned that, you know, when you came here, you had a lot of people that were able to, I don't want to necessarily say take you under their wing, but they certainly provided you support, guidance, uh, and maybe even information and advice, or in some cases, connections and networking. Uh, is there one or two people that you really would like to thank on this show today for the work that they did to help and support you to give you the information and, and informa information or advice um, or opportunities that you were able to use to help you with your career? Well, I'm a learner myself, but this is my number one strength. Uh, I try to enjoy the experiences I have with every person I interact with. And I strongly believe that every person you work with, no matter what, you, you would have a, an opportunity to uh, to learn from them. I was lucky again to work, in, especially in the beginning when I first came to the States with really uh, caring pharmacists who uh, got out of their way to help me and support me feel more comfortable. I had the clinical knowledge. I already did my equivalency exams. I passed all that by uh, flying colors, but it was a new environment for me. I, I, I never worked in a pharmacy outside um, uh, uh, in the United States before. So they supported me, they helped me, they uh, and they made sure that I feel comfortable uh, uh, doing my job. When I started with Advocate Aurora also, I worked with leaders, several of them that were supportive and helpful and uh, uh, helped me all through my career. We, we have a very great mentorship program within Advocate Aurora Health. So I, I currently work with one of our executive vice president, uh, Dennis Potts, and I meet with him frequently. Uh, we don't talk about work. We talk about my business, about my uh, mentorship, the relation that I have uh, with him, where I am with my career, what's the right move for me, what do I need to focus on. And uh, uh, I learned a lot through that experience. I, I, I would recommend that for anyone that's interested in, in, in developing their career. What was the name of this person again that you're speaking with? Dennis Potts. He's the executive Dennis vice president. Yes. Okay, very good. Well, I appreciate that you have, you know, Dennis on your side, who is actually actively and currently helping you in the development phase. And I think that that's something that a lot of people tend to forget or just sometimes ignore that they are not, no one is able to do it by themselves. We all need somebody to help us either see something different or guide us in the right direction, or in most cases, ask us the right questions that cause us to think. Uh, and reflect on our own decisions and our own thought process to be able to reevaluate and re-strategize. Who were some of the pharmacists that you felt that were instrumental at the beginning? You mentioned that you know you had never worked in a pharmacy in the United States before. Where are you from originally? And what was who were some of the people that you felt were helpful in being able to open your horizons or expand your horizons when you first began? I'm originally from Jordan. And I'm sure you can think, think uh, you, you can hear my accent right now. So imagine me 17 years ago. 
when I first came to the States, I did my internship in uh, uh, Stephen Points in Wisconsin, which is about four hours uh, uh, north to Milwaukee. Uh, me and a friend, we were the only uh, non-American immigrant families in the whole city of, West, uh, of uh, Stevens Point, at least to my knowledge. I didn't, I didn't see anyone. Uh, my wife wears hijab. Uh, I can see with great confidence that she was the only woman in that uh, city that uh, uh, did that. When I started going to the pharmacy uh, there, and I'm sorry, I'm, I can't remember the, the pharmacist's name. I, I feel ashamed of myself forgetting her name. She asked me to do the counseling. She could tell, she spoke with me. She could, she could tell right away that I'm strong clinically. I can, I know my stuff. I, as a pharmacist, I'm strong and valid. The problem is with counseling patients, well, that's a great relief for her. In Wisconsin, we had to counsel on every prescription at that time. But calling patient names to me was, is very difficult and hard. I don't want to offend anyone. And I wasn't really feeling comfortable. And she worked really hard with me. She would sit, stand next to me while doing her work. And she, she, she will help me, say, say, prepare me for the name. This is how you say it. Uh, and she worked with me with some cultural differences that I don't want to assume that's the norm. Just like what I hope that everyone be accommodating for my cultural background. I also want to be respectful of my patient cultural background. I don't want to make any assumptions. She was extremely helpful for me. She made it a very welcoming uh, environment for me. I did her in my internship with her and uh, I, I will always be thankful for her. That's excellent. And I probably know that pharmacist as well because I used to support uh, recruitment uh, in Wisconsin for that company. So I'll have to go back and see my records if, uh, if the name pops up for me as well. Um, Ibrahim, you know, when I think, you know, you mentioned you have 600 people on your team, and I'm sure you have like a smaller number of direct reports, but like Dennis Potts, who works with you today, you know, asking you questions, and it's really, you know, taking a, an ownership piece of your leadership development skills, you have that same responsibility with your team, there are select people on your team, that you ask the right questions, you try to give them opportunities so that they can leverage what their skill sets are today, and help them develop their leadership skills, as you are also on the same journey as well. Is there a resource that you typically go to immediately when you think about how to improve your own leadership skills or uh, to share with other people on your team? Maybe it's a book, maybe it's a video, a speaker, an author, someone that you would recommend or something that you would recommend to others as a gold standard of how to operate when you're trying to manage teams or lead initiatives that you would share on this show. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, two things that anyone that works with me will know about me. I am book. Uh, I am big about audiobooks. So, Audible is, in my opinion, the most efficient way for you to listen for a book. So, I will do that while working out. I will do that while driving. I'll do that while I, what I'm cooking. Whatever I'm doing, I will always always uh, listening to a book. So, I will always reference that in any meeting that I would have, and people would know that about me. I'm a big fan of Adam Grant. As an author, he has great books. I'm currently listening to his book, Think Again, The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know. Uh, it's challenged the way we think as leaders and how we need to revisit our experiences that we had before. 
Uh, it's easy to say, well, I did that before, it will work again. Well, it might, but you need to be prepared uh, that it might not. Originals and give and take. Uh, he has many great books. So that's what I usually do, Audible, I listen to that. Another, I think, very strong resource that I don't hear a lot of people or leaders or aspiring leaders that actually use is LinkedIn Learning. And I don't have any conflict of Andres Iqbal. So that's what I do. That's what I use. LinkedIn Learning is an easy, fairly cheap way to get access to almost unlimited, very specific resources that you can learn skills and uh, improve your talents in a significant way. It's very business uh, uh, helpful. Uh, they, they have so many different topics that can help you business analysis, strategy, leadership and management, professional development, uh, among any other, uh, many other topics. Ibrahim, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Uh, and I will tell you that it's been on my list. I've already done a few of them for my own knowledge base, but they've all been product-based, right? So I'm, I'm really big into using Microsoft tools, but there's also so many other things. And my colleagues, those that are in my network, and in the last month, I have seen them all gravitating towards LinkedIn learning and completing a lot of self-development, leadership development uh, courses. And they are there are a variety of topics that I think are really, really well designed. Uh, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think you're the first guest that has actually brought that up. So I cannot thank you enough for that. Uh, and certainly I'll be going back and, and adding a few more to my roster as well. Ibrahim, you know, as your team consistently grows, you know, there's always turnover. Every team faces that. Uh, but I'm sure there will be also opportunities for growth on your team. And you'll be looking to either promote people from where they are today to a higher level, or you will be looking to interview many people. Like you just mentioned uh, maybe a, maybe half an hour ago on this call, uh, that when you uh, opened up your mail order facility at the time of COVID, uh, you were vetting applications that were equivalent in one day's worth to what used to be one month's worth. So you are having to sift through applications and talk to candidates, and you're looking for certain qualities that you feel are going to be a natural good fit for not just your organization, but for your team and the potential to grow. I'd love to understand from a hiring manager's perspective, what are the three qualities that you examine uh, and interrogate for in these types of conversations to identify the right person that is going to be a suitable fit for your new team as an external or that this person has met a certain standard that now you feel they're ready for the next level of responsibility? Another great question, Iqbal. Well, we have to take in consideration that when we hire internally, we have a great advantage of knowing uh, the person. So you're not making your decision on a half an hour or an hour interview with that person. And you'll have more extensive experience and interaction with that person that you can make the, the 360 uh, decisions about that person. So that's a great advantage. But I'm, I do believe that... Uh, uh, promoting within is uh, something that you should always consider when you have the right person, but also bringing new blood it comes with advantages and challenges uh, at the same time. When I interview someone from inside or outside the organization, the first thing that will track me for a candidate is uh, their enthusiasm and passion. When I can see the passion, I can feel it right away, how, how genuine they are about patient care, about taking care of others that, that immediately uh, interest me and make me go and explore uh, other uh, uh, 
qualities that I will be looking for. So that's number one for me. Uh, number two, I need to make sure that they are, we are in a, a very large operation, as I said before. We need to make sure that the candidate is able to produce results and put their skills into action. Uh, unfortunately, many people can talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Uh, being a leader is very challenging and uh, for some people can be very overwhelming. We, we need to make sure that that person can show us how they can uh, get to the results that uh, we want in the most efficient way. Uh, last and but not least, uh, they have to be a team player. They need to be a good fit within the culture. I don't care if you are the most achievable person that we might find, but if you don't fit within the team, uh, you're not the right person for us. Uh, the harmony within the team, and I'm not seeing, I'm not seeking agreement. I'm seeking the ability to work effectively within the team uh, is also uh, something that I look and I make sure that we have within any person that we, we hire. I think that those are all incredibly important. And I love how you summarize the last one, which really just means, you know, it's, and this is something that I think is really important to stress because sometimes you, a, a candidate or an individual may feel that they have all of the right skill sets, but that doesn't mean that they're right for the company and vice versa, right? The company may have, you know, not everybody's right for the company uh, and the company's not always right for everybody. So there is that cultural fit that's also important, but the team player piece, I, I cannot tell you how paramount that is. You don't have to know everything. You don't even have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't even have to come in with all of the answers, half of the answers, but you do have to be able to ask good questions and work with other people who have a different perspective so you can learn, integrate, and come up and you know really collaborate with them to help the organization move forward. So I love how you said that, Ibrahim. If you don't mind, Iqbal, this morning we had a, a development meeting for my leadership team with HR. We've been working on that for a while. And I told them in the beginning, remember that unfortunately we live in a culture of perceived perfection. Everyone we deal with, the, the best sport person ever, the best, best business leader ever. Well, keep in mind that that person in whatever role they are doing, they have a huge team of people around them that make them look that way. You might not have that resources, but we have each other. And being an effective team is, to me, is more, more important than have one star within that team. Very true. I mean, very, very good. Ibrahim, we've had a good opportunity to talk about so many different topics, and I'm really grateful that you were on the show. Is there one last piece of advice or something that maybe that we haven't touched on yet that you'd want the audience to take away from as an opportunity to either develop invest or simply leverage today uh, as a way to be able to advance their career and expand their horizons? Yeah, I can uh, give a few thoughts on that, uh, Iqbal. You have to be self-driven, even within the best organization, even if you had really uh, development-focused leader, you have to drive that yourself. You can't count on others to improve yourself. You should know what you need and work within your organization on getting what you need. You will be surprised of how many resources you would have uh, within your organization to achieve the goals that you're trying uh, to achieve. People are really ready to help and organization want to invest on their uh, employees, but you need to drive that. Uh, another thing that I believe is important is don't just 
follow the current. Think through any idea, any project that you're working on, give your honest, well-thought opinion. People will notice, people will seek you, people will try to, to connect with you and include you in any projects uh, or uh, anything that they are trying to work uh, uh, on. Surround yourself with strong, smart leaders. They are not a threat. Their success, I, I, when I hire someone, the first thing I told them, your success is my success. Your failure is my failure. I don't feel threatened by smart, strong leaders around me reporting to me. I see that's a great advantage. To be honest, Iqbal, sometimes they can be challenging, but that's great. That's exciting. That's mean that we are going somewhere. So people who surround the, their self by weak people, they can never get the job done and will suffer for a long time. The, the last advice that I will give to anyone, take care of yourself first. If you think of the example of the flight attendant about uh, the oxygen mask, put your oxygen mask first, then help your uh, person next to you. Well, if we don't care of ourselves first, uh, you can't help anyone. So don't forget that. Eat well, sleep well, exercise, take off, and do whatever makes you happy. Wallahi, that is great advice, Ibrahim, and I appreciate that. That's a good reminder for me too. I know that sometimes we have a tendency of getting stuck. Uh, you know, we just get stuck with, I have to get all of these things done. And we tend to sacrifice the care from ourselves in order to deliver. But at the end of the day, that's a very short-sighted approach. And I appreciate that you brought that up. Ibrahim, you've been an outstanding guest. I really, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show. I'm so excited that you were able to come on the show and, and talk to the, my listeners uh, about the various things that you and your team and Advocate Aurora Health are doing. I wish you nothing but success in the near future. And I continue and I wish you the very best in continuing to take healthcare to a higher level. Thank you very much, Iqbal. It's my pleasure. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Healthcare and Hire podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow and subscribe for more. I'm your host, Iqbal Acha, and I invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know what you thought about this episode or my show in general. Also, visit me at www.achainternational.com to learn more about how I help healthcare professionals and healthcare leaders advance their career build a better brand, and create a leadership legacy. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, let's keep working to take healthcare to a higher level.